0: Welcome back to Looking Above. We are in episode 51, and we're trying something new today, so we'll see <laughs> Bear how Bear with goes. us. <laughs> yes, but we have a video set up in the room today so you can see us and see the looks we Hi, give Mom. each other no, just <laughs> um yeah so episode 51 and again this uh, season we're talking about resilience we are reading through Rebecca Lyons book Building a Resilient Life we're going to be going through that with some of the women here at New Life starting mm-hmm. next week which yeah. when this airs i guess it'll be that week <laughs> but um, Um, so just, yeah, just talking about resilience this season. And so we're kind of letting this book be our guide or our jumping off point for the podcast. And so this past week we were digging into the first rule as she calls it Mm -hmm. here. So we're looking at chapters four through six in this book. If you're reading along or want to check it out, it's got some great stuff in there. It does. It does. Um, so today we're really talking about shame.
1: Yes. Yeah. The, the main theme of these three chapters was definitely shame. So. Yeah. And <laughs> that's something that I personally have struggled with. Karen knows this. Um, so. It's something, these chapters really spoke to me and I resonated with a lot of it. So we're going to kind of dive into that. Yeah. So And and shame is not something that we talk about a lot. No, because we're ashamed. No, (laughs) but we don't, we really don't talk about shame that much. And I think it's really easy for people to walk around with shame and not even be conscious of it Mm -hmm. and be carrying all this weight and shame and not even realize it. Right. So I think it's important. Yeah,
0: And I mean, we were just talking about even this morning, I was recognizing that there have been some times where I have felt shame and I was not aware that it was mm-hmm. shame that I was feeling because it is a more foreign feeling for me or emotion. Um, so let's just talk about, start with, you know, what is shame? And for me to even say like, what is shame? And I I think about this this morning, I was thinking, how do you define shame? I am ashamed. Like I have to think of the word ashamed Mm -hmm. to even understand the word shame because I just don't think, oh, that's shame.
1: Like you said, we were talking, you said it's not an emotion, it's a response, Mm -hmm. but it does invoke emotions. So it's kind Mm -hmm. of hard to um, pinpoint when you're feeling shame, I think. Shame also, I don't think wants to be discovered. (laughs) I think the enemy wants us to feel shame. And so it's sometimes really hard to um, be able to name it Mm -hmm. when you don't even know That's what it is because it disguises itself. Yes, recognize it. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I looked up just a quick Google Google definition of the word shame, and it said a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. And I I think it maybe sometimes goes beyond that, and that's what I was saying, like where I haven't recognized things as shame because – Maybe we haven't even done something wrong and we can still feel shame, Mm -hmm.
1: right? Yeah, but I think that your brain will still... Yeah, your brain thinks, oh, I'm doing something wrong subconsciously Mm -hmm. without you having those thoughts, you know, loudly and in the forefront. Mm -hmm. It's the back of your mind and then you kind of shove it out and then you have this overwhelming or this feeling Mm -hmm. Of shame Mm -hmm. without actually being conscious of it. But I still think that I feel like I'm doing something wrong, Mm -hmm. even though I'm not. Mm -hmm. And that's usually what invokes shame. Does that make sense? (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, help me with this. Okay. How do shame and guilt play together? Because, okay, like there is a difference, right, between guilt and conviction. Correct. Right. And so the enemy would inflict guilt or. Cause us to feel right. We often feel guilty when we're believing lies or when when the enemy is coming at us. Conviction, however, is comes from the Holy Spirit. It's an invitation, right? Right. It's an invitation. That's a great word for it. You know. Is so. Yes. It's an invitation to turn our lives around, turn back to God, repent, change our direction. Guilt is
1: different. Do guilt and shame go hand in hand? I think so. For me, they're almost interchangeable. Mm -hmm. Um, I was just thinking back. A lot of my shame is because of guilt and because of lies, Mm -hmm. just the same with when the enemy is trying to make you feel guilty Mm -hmm. and he tells you lies about yourself or, or beliefs. Um, That's the same for me with shame. Right. So I think they do go hand in hand. So that, you know,
0: that feeling of humiliation or distress caused by consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior, um, that's where I was saying, you know, sometimes we haven't actually done something wrong, but that's where the lies come Mm -hmm. into play, right? Where uh, the enemy is trying to trick us into believing that we have done wrong
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and then we feel shame. So there's times that we feel shame when... When we shouldn't. Right. I mean, most obviously, of <laughs> most of the time, shame probably isn't what we should
1: feel right. anyway. Right. <laughs> Ultimately, it it. But sometimes to... it makes sense. Like when, mm-hmm. when you do something wrong, mm-hmm. when you actually do hurt somebody right. or right. Um, something that and you feel shame about it. Right. But there's times when you don't hurt anybody, but maybe you didn't live up to their expectations mm-hmm. like we've talked mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. And then you feel shame. Mm-hmm. And you know. You and I were just talking mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. and you said like, even though you can be right with God, you still feel shame because you didn't live up to this person's expectations, even though they weren't Godly maybe expectations. Right. right. So then shame can come into play
0: and and it often will trap us. Mm-hmm. There is a shame that, like you said, that maybe could be linked with conviction and repentance. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, I, I feel bad for what I did. Like I did not do what God wanted me to do in this situation. I feel ashamed of that, but we can let that be a launching point into allowing the Holy spirit to kind of prick our heart and say, this was wrong. Yeah. How are you going to live differently in the future? Or we can just sit there yeah. and that's the that's the real issue I think that she's mm-hmm. getting at is that shame for so many people just
1: envelops them, sucks them in and then because holds them. I think that if we use that same scenario like you hurt somebody mm-hmm. and you're having conviction then that's when you, you go to them and you apologize mm-hmm. and if you're feeling shame and it's overwhelming you that's when you hide and you run from that relationship and you're mm-hmm. like well I did wrong, and so I'm just done with that relationship. I don't want to look at it anymore. It just reminds me how terrible I am, and then the shame holds you there. Mm -hmm. So I think that would be, like, the difference between conviction and shame. Right. Right? Right, yeah. So when you feel shame... Mm -hmm.
0: Like me personally? Yes. Okay. What emotions... Does that and because you said you know like we don't even always recognize that it's shame because maybe it plays out in a different way for different people. Yeah. What emotions?
1: I do think it do is different, feel? but for me and from talking to you more, I've realized we do. Mm-hmm. It's different, mm-hmm. but for me, I've noticed that anxiousness, which is maybe not an emotion mm-hmm. so much, mm-hmm. but when I'm feeling shame, I will feel anxious. Um, my heart, I get a physical response. (laughs) My heart starts racing. My stomach is tight. And I notice patterns in my behavior of avoidance. Like when I'm feeling shame about something, I try to avoid Mm -hmm. whatever it is that's causing me to feel shame. The more that I have realized and recognized those things and that I'm feeling shame, Mm -hmm. the easier it is for me to recognize and face it. Okay. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I know for you, it's probably a little bit different though.
0: Right, right. And like I said, I I don't think shame is something that I've really recognized in my life. Mm-hmm. And so uh, she talks about, uh, she was reading The Soul of Shame mm-hmm. by Kurt Thompson. And that was where, a lot, where she was kind of unpacking and recognizing her own shame and how it had really hemmed her in and kept her bound into some of these patterns. And um, she, she explains that he says that shame is really developed in childhood Mm -hmm. and it is a response to rejection. So the more rejection we feel or experience, especially in our formative years, and probably that would go into our teen years, like that whole, our whole growing up, the more rejection we have felt the more we develop a shame
1: response. Right. Because it's woven into your brain. That's when your brain is developing and making all these neural pathways. Mm. And so, if that's the neural pathways that your brain makes, that's the automatic response that you have mm-hmm. as an adult mm-hmm. if you do nothing to change it. Right. So, when we experience
0: rejection, it causes us to feel, I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. I didn't live up to whatever. I wasn't enough to keep that person here. I didn't do this right. And therefore they walked away from me. I'm bad. And that caused this, you know, so it, it causes us to just look negatively at ourselves. Yeah. Like I'm really trying to unpack this because it's not something that I've, I feel like I've dealt with a ton of shame yeah i and think so a I'm lot of shame understand that. and and as they explain this like i don't think i faced a lot of rejection in my childhood mm-hmm. um more of that has come in as adulthood. i've been an adult right you know i've gone through a broken engagement i've had some fractured relationships um, as an adult and that has been very painful to me because i did not feel that sting when i was younger like when i had a broken engagement it knocked the wind out of me because um and i had had you know a few broken boyfriend girlfriend okay. relationships so much smaller that was the first time in my life that i felt like someone could leave me so that was like the first time that i really felt rejection that i can remember mm-hmm. i'm sure there was there are little things and i can think back you know like an eighth grade friend saying, oh, Karen's so fake. You know, like that was a rejection, right? Like, mm-hmm. but I don't remember a lot of that. And so I don't think that this shame response in me was grown as much. And so I don't think it's something that affects me as deeply as it does others. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, j- I'm, st- I'm just trying to understand this and, and grasp, you know, what what it is about rejection that has led to Shame. Mm-hmm.
1: I definitely think it is, like you said, I'm not good enough. I'm leavable. I'm not enough to keep this person here. Mm-hmm. A lot of it, a lot of shame, is just believing lies that the enemy is feeding you. Mm-hmm. And that's why we are called to take our thoughts captive. We need to be careful what we're listening to and and believing about ourselves. But sometimes, you know, the devil is sly, and mm-hmm. so. You don't always capture every thought. And then I think that's when shame comes in. Right,
0: right. And I wonder too, you know, as adults, is there a way for us to go back and unpack some of those situations as a child, you know, and to go back and be able to speak truth to that child, you know, like, okay, my parent left, my parents divorced,
1: whatever. That was not... On Mm -hmm. me. 100%. I go to counseling Mm -hmm. um, and I know a lot of people that go to counseling and I know a lot of counselors. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's a great, it's a great um, tool that God has given us Mm -hmm. to go back and retrain those neural pathways like we were talking Mm -hmm. about so that the automatic response isn't shame anymore. Right. And there's a lot of work actually with your childhood. Yeah. I think. Yeah. But recognizing those Mm -hmm.
0: lies that you told yourself as a child. That Mm -hmm. the enemy fed you, you know, like, I don't think we (laughs) naturally, like, it just comes to us. Oh, this is all my fault. Yeah, right. That's a lie that's being spoken to us. But to recognize those lies and
1: be able to go back and say, this is the truth. And the problem is when the lies become your beliefs, Mm -hmm. like when that is Mm -hmm. what you believe about yourself, Mm -hmm. that makes it a lot more tricky. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So um, years ago, I read Lies Women Believe by Nancy Lee DeMoss. And that's a lot of what she talks about. And I've always from reading that envisioned, you know, lies as seeds that are planted Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: then, um, it's the, you know, we water them, we allow them to, we ruminate on them and, you know, we water them and allow them to start to take root. And then as they grow, yes, it's then we, those thoughts become beliefs, things that we then Mm -hmm. believe about ourselves and then we act out of those beliefs. So then our actions reflect what we believe that's all based in a lie. yeah, And so in that way, like, as we look at shame and these seeds of shame being planted in us, it's eventually going to affect not just how we believe about ourselves, but then all of our actions. Definitely. Right. So as you look at that, and we are going way we off, are, we are, way off not what we of talked this. about before this, <laughs> but um, as, as you think about that and how that how does that then affect or limit your behavior now because of shame seeds that were planted in childhood?
1: This, Yeah, we did not talk about this before. (laughs) (laughs) So one thing that keeps coming to mind as we've been talking is I've recognized how I put my shame onto my daughter, which makes me really sad (laughs) Mm -hmm. that I do that, but I've recognized it and I'm trying to heal that. Mm -hmm. Before I recognized it, it would look like me um, making her feel shame to do something like you're doing this wrong. So you need to do it right because that's how I was taught. Mm -hmm. And so I have shame and then I feel like I'm being a bad parent. That's a belief that I have. Mm. And so I'll shame her into doing it. So it's, it's almost like it just, Mm. it continues. Right. So her behavior is then a reflection of of you. My belief about myself. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so then I try to control. Right. Um, which I'm really speaking back. This is, I'm being very vulnerable because this is something that I've just recently realized. So,
0: but control, I think is, is definitely something we've, we've talked about before. And that's a way that I would assume that many people who live with shame, either you're going to isolate and, You know, this is how perfectionism works, right? Either we're going to control everything and try to be perfect or we're going to give up completely. Mm. And we're going to like just not interact with the world, Mm -hmm. you know. And so I think it can take us one of two ways to where we just, the depression takes over Mm. and we cannot function in society or we're going to, but we're going to do it.
1: Yep. Perfectly. <laughs> yeah. And if I'm not perfect, then I feel shame. And, and so everyone incredible. in my family has to be perfect. And then mm-hmm. I make them feel shame for not being perfect. And mm-hmm. it's just a cycle mm-hmm. that I want to break. <laughs>
0: right. Right. And you are taking strides towards <laughs> that. Um, she says in the book, this is a quote, I learned through practice <coughs> that the antidote to shame is the willingness to be vulnerable and expose it. Yes. Which is exactly what shame does not want to do. Mm -hmm. And it's exactly what the enemy tells us not to do, right? The enemy feeds us these lies. You are bad. Don't let anyone know it.
1: If they know it, they will leave you or it can be different things. If they know it, they'll talk about you or they'll leave Mm -hmm. you. Whatever your fears are, that's what the enemy tells us will happen if we bring it into the light. Right. Yeah. So we keep it hidden in darkness. Right. And it grows. Like you talked about those seeds that are planted. Mm -hmm. The shame will grow until you believe all of these terrible things about yourself. Mm -hmm. And you can't go to anyone because you think the world will end, even if it's not logical. Um. Jenny Allen and Rebecca, I know Rebecca Lyons has talked about it in, what was her, uh, the first book we did, Rhythms of Renewal, it. that's mm-hmm. it, and this book, but just the power of bringing things to the light mm-hmm. and confession. Mm-hmm. Uh, why do you think that is the antidote to yeah, well, shame? All through scripture...
0: We see these images, and I've been looking at them a lot lately of darkness and light, mm-hmm. right? And Jesus is the light of the world. And then whenever we hear about sin, it's correlated with darkness, mm-hmm. you know, and in the new Testament, we hear about these shameful deeds that are done in the darkness or, you know, so when we talk about sin, it is equated with darkness. And when we talk about Jesus and righteousness, it's equated with light. Like there's mm-hmm. just that correlation there. And so I think there is a reality in which, When shameful sins, when sin is done, it's done in darkness and it keeps us in darkness. And Satan's lie to us is keep it hidden, keep it in the darkness. As long as no one can see it, it's not going to affect you. It's Mm -hmm. not, you know, and, and it's a secret, right? We, we want things to be. A secret because of our shame, because we mm-hmm. feel ashamed of it, we want to keep it a secret. Whereas scripture tells us that we are to bring these things into the light as Jesus is the light. So it exposes it, and that is scary to us. Mm-hmm. But what does it do? It brings freedom. And you know, the scripture tells us that sin holds us in bondage and that freedom comes in confession, right? We're to confess our sins to each other so that we may be healed. So that, you know, forgiveness comes, healing comes, wholeness comes with confession. So there's this light and darkness that is very hard for us to picture because it's a spiritual reality. right? (laughs) Um, And yet, think about how many, like, bad things happen in the dark, Mm -hmm. you know? I'm just gonna be honest, why are bars dark? Yeah. They're not holy places, (laughs) you know? Like, I don't know, like, there's a lot of things that go on in darkness, dark alleys. Like we just think about movies, like Mm -hmm. it's dark when it's something's going to get bad, (laughs) you know, and light like makes us feel lighter and it makes us feel better, but it's also scary if we've been living in darkness to bring that into the light. And so I'm like rabbit training around here, but it, it is scary. And yet it's exactly what's needed We have to expose it if we want freedom from it. You can't heal from something that you don't know exists.
1: Right. And (laughs) I think it's so important. Why would God want us to confess our sins when he already knows what they are? Right. Mm -hmm. But he calls us to that because for one, it helps us recognize them. Mm -hmm. But then also, if you have your people when you're confessing to somebody else and they don't leave, mm-hmm. it shows you like those lies that you were believing, mm-hmm. they're not true. Right. Um, the right. problem is sometimes people do leave. This just mm-hmm. came to me. Mm-hmm. But I think that we are called to confess, you know, to God because he is not going to leave. Mm-hmm. His His relationship is still filled with mm-hmm. love. Mm-hmm. And we have to see that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not yeah. sure.
0: Yeah. So she <laughs> she talked about um, shame and sin causing brokenness in our relationship with God, yeah. causing brokenness in our relationship with each other, causing brokenness in our relationship with ourself. Mm-hmm. And so there is a point at which the confession needs to be with all three, <laughs> right. right? We need to allow the Holy Spirit to convict us and we need to recognize, mm-hmm. you know, that confession begins here. Like, oh, wow, like this is, this is where I've been wrong, or this is where I've been feeling shame or mm-hmm. whatever. Then we, we need to confess, take that to God. As you're saying, God is not going to walk out of the room, right? not going to turn and leave. Um, and we need to confess to others. Now, is there the chance that someone else is going to walk out of the room, step out of our life, say, this is too much. I can't handle you, whatever. Yes, there is that chance and that's where find your people comes back yes. into place, right? Is that we need to recognize that there are there are people, godly people that God can <coughs> God can place in our lives to where we have healthy relationships and those are the people that we're going to take these things to. If I am feeling shame, I'm not probably going to go stand on the stage and proclaim it on a Sunday morning to everyone. Or if I'm in, caught in a sin behavior, I'm probably not going to put it on Facebook. Facebook, <laughs> right? Um, but this confession happens in a, a certain type of relationship. Mm-hmm. And we need to be cautious with that because there are people who will take that turn it on us, walk away, you know, Mm -hmm. and hurt us with it.
1: Right. Yes. It's, I think it's so healing though. And we've already said this and I'm kind of reiterating, but when you do find your people Mm -hmm. and I know it's hard, but Mm -hmm. just pray Mm -hmm. um, for your people. But Mm -hmm. once you do, and then you can bring the shame and the things that God, or not God, that the enemy is trying to, keep into the dark. It is so freeing. Like you said, bondages are broken. There's a sense of withness, mm-hmm. but also it gives others the chance to be vulnerable too. Right. Because I think we've all felt like you're the only one that messes up. <laughs> like, right. like right. this person is perfect. If I could just be like my pastor or, mm-hmm. you know, anyone, no human is perfect. Right. Right. Um, especially I know we've talked about it, but with social media, yep. you think, I just, just want to be like the this person. Yeah. Yep. Um, but when you're vulnerable, it invites others to be vulnerable too. And then we realize I'm actually, you know, not the only one that struggles with this. Right. And then you have others yeah. that can come alongside you and help you that maybe have been there before. Mm hmm. Um,
0: yeah. I like that you said the word withness and she takes a good portion of, I think chapter six and talks about withness. She talks about empathy mm. in there. Maybe it's chapter five, but she just talks about the fact that we need each other in yeah. this process. And so that, yes, confession is important, but the confessional community, being able to sit with another person, look into their eyes and say, I'm struggling. This is where I'm broken. This is where I feel shame. Um, it does something. And we talked about this some, uh, the other season when we did find your people just about, there is science behind this empathy. There's science behind saying things out loud and having someone else in that space, bearing that burden. And that's what I think. Like, if we look at it scripturally, it is bearing one another's burdens Mm -hmm. It is entering into this human experience where we say, I may not understand exactly, but I understand.
1: <laughs> yeah. Or even something Karen and I say, which we learned from Jenny Allen, who I think mm-hmm. learned from Kurt Thompson and, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> um, but we'll say I'm not leaving the room. Right. And so saying like, no matter what you say right now, what, yeah. I'm still going to be here. So the it gives you that
0: freedom. You, yeah. But you're not alone and you're not mm-hmm. going to be alone. Right. Yeah. So important. Why, um. this is where I was struggling with this and trying to understand this. What is the link between shame and resilience? Because this whole discussion is about resilience. So why are we starting with shame?
1: Yeah, she starts with shame. I think, yeah, it's because you and I have kind of talked about this, but if you are struggling internally, if you have things that are in the dark and you're battling them, Mm -hmm. even if you don't realize it Mm -hmm. before you bring them to the light, How do you handle arrows coming at you? It's a visual, Mm -hmm. like you've talked about, Mm -hmm. of a war within yourself. But if you're battling in there, how are you going to have the energy or the strength to withstand the outside world? And that's where resilience comes in. Right. Because we are supposed to be resilient. Because life is going to come at us. Uh Uh-huh. And
0: yes, if we're talking battles and wars and being wounded, if I am a wounded soldier they're not sending me to the front line. Right, right. (laughs) Because I'm not gonna stand there very long, I'm gonna get knocked down. And so, yeah, I think, As we've processed this because I was really struggling. Like, why are we talking about shame? But that's what exactly what it is. I have to do the work. I have to expose the brokenness within myself. I have to face the shame or something else. I I think Mm -hmm. some of us, it may not be shame, but there may be something Mm -hmm. else that's going to hold us back from being resilient. But if I don't deal with my own brokenness, whatever it may be, I'm not going to be able to face the war that's going on out there. And so then when 2020 happens, when the whole world shuts down and everything blows up, I think that's why we saw so many people just
1: Mm -hmm. like
0: fall to pieces, lack resilience is because they hadn't done the work internally first. So they weren't ready to face something huge from the outside.
1: And some of it is from our childhood or, Mm -hmm. you know, young adulthood or whenever Mm -hmm. Um, and if we don't face it, that's why counseling is so important. Also, if you don't have your people, counseling is a great place to start. Right. Because they will not leave the room. They're paid people. (laughs) They're paid to be there. (laughs) But honestly, good counselors, they wouldn't leave the room even if you didn't pay them. Like they, they know that people are broken and it doesn't scare them. Yeah. Um, so I think it is important if you don't have your people, find Mm -hmm. a trusted I prefer like Christian because I like to have the Bible brought into Absolutely. my counseling sessions, Absolutely. but a trusted Christian counselor. Yeah.
0: And we'll just say if you are in Gillette, Wyoming and you need a Christian counselor, please talk to us because we do have some that we can refer you to. Yes. And there are more being trained right now. So a need is being filled in our community. But um, yes, I, I agree. Let's go back. Something you said earlier earlier. We were talking about your response to shame, mm-hmm. and you said isolation. Yeah. And she talks a lot about that, and um, I'm a very people person, <laughs> and <laughs> isolation is rarely my go-to. Um, I think this year, in my year of loss, as we talked about last week, I don't feel like I've isolated myself so much as been called into a season of quietness. So yeah. I've definitely pulled back some in relationship, but um, isolation. Why Why do we think that in shame we isolate?
1: It goes back to the enemy telling you lies okay. and the fear, don't you think? Okay. Um, the fear of what others will think, mm-hmm. um, not being good enough. That one, I keep saying not good enough because mm-hmm. that's one I hear a lot. Mm-hmm. But so it makes you feel like, okay, well, I'm not worthy to be in any of these places, so I'm just going to hide.
0: Mm-hmm. Or I need to get myself together before yeah. I can resurface. And yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I, I don't want others to see me in this vulnerable
1: place. Definitely. Vulnerability is so scary. It kind of mm-hmm. goes along with confession mm-hmm. um, because you mm-hmm. do think yeah. that you're the only one that struggles with it yeah. and that people will just like point and laugh or leave or whatever. Yeah.
0: So yesterday I heard a sermon and the pastor was uh, preaching out of the beginning of Genesis and Genesis chapter two, the last verse says, Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. And he highlighted this. And I don't know that I've really thought about, I mean, I have thought about this, but it doesn't say, like this is the this is the emotion, this is the feeling that um, that we're noticing here is shame. It doesn't say they weren't feeling pain, it doesn't say they weren't feeling anger. Like it's it's none of these other things that we would equate with negativeness. Yeah, you know, which they, didn't exist. Either. Right, right. But this is it's it says shame. And then what do we see? Next chapter is the fall. Sin is ushered in and their immediate response is to isolate. Yeah. Their immediate hide. response was to go and hide. They felt shame for the first time. And so they hide from each other, clothing and from God. Mm-hmm. So there is definitely a link between shame and isolation, shame and hiding. It's very interesting. <laughs> and I'm trying to... I, I do you think it's that like, it's the recognition of I'm not as good as I thought I was, or I'm not as good as God, like, because they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? So now they suddenly are seeing the world differently. Do you think it's that they are now recognizing I am not God? Oh my goodness. I'm not that good. Mm-hmm. Like they're I recognizing their so. flawed nature.
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: And so, oh crap, I better hide my flaws.
1: Yeah. And I also think they were probably scared of God's response. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. Like, what is he going to do? I just did the one thing mm-hmm. and now I'm aware that I'm not as good as I thought. So I can't mm-hmm. live up to, to like what I'm supposed to be mm-hmm. um, or what I expect or what he expects. And so for me, I know that I do, I hide from God when I mm-hmm. feel shame, which is exactly why you need to name it and get it into the light. Right. Right. But definitely I think yeah. that they were, Fearful and aware, like Mm -hmm. you said. Mm -hmm. That's very interesting. Did they, did he go into any more detail or she? Um, No, he was, I mean, he,
0: he brought it the, he, this was actually at a chapel at Okwu. I was watching my kids where my kids go to college, but he used it, I think, to kind of launch them into we need to be honest with where we're at. Mm. And he had the kids then kind of rate, like, where are you at with God and tell someone else? Like right now you're going to give a number one to 10, where are you with God? And you're going to tell someone. And so it's, it's the same thing though, is that it's this shame response. It's that we want to hide. And if we're not doing well, we don't want someone else to know that.
1: Mm -hmm. Including God, even though we consciously, we know that he knows, Mm -hmm. but yet we still hide and we still run. And maybe in seasons of shame, for me. I don't spend as much time in prayer or because Mm -hmm. subconsciously I'm like, well, he doesn't like me anyways, because of whatever it is that I feel shame about. But in a book that I just read Mm -hmm. and I'm blanking on it and I didn't write notes, but anyways, um, she says, she talks about how they do, they go and hide. Mm -hmm. And then God says, where are you? Mm -hmm. Which he knows where you're at, mm-hmm. but she is saying that he says that so that you recognize where you're at, mm-hmm. that you recognize, mm-hmm. like you said, Waymaker. Yes. Thank you. I was like, and I, 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I talk about this book a lot and I could not remember, but yes, the direct, um, God wants you to recognize where you are in relation to him. He knows where we are. He didn't, he knew exactly where they were, Mm -hmm. but he wanted them to recognize it. And so it's Mm -hmm. kind of the same as that pastor Mm -hmm. to the college students. Where are you with God? Where are you in relation to God? Yeah. Because sometimes I think we can get far from him with shame and not even realize it. Right. 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 The avoidance of confession holds us
0: captive to shame, which actually makes us actually weak. The opposite of resilience right 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 so to yeah to bring it back to resilience when we aren't willing to bring things into the light when we aren't willing to talk about where we're at when we aren't willing we are making ourselves weaker we are making ourselves less able to withstand the attack to less able to go to war less able to do what we're called to do and it's so funny that we believe this lie that if I just hunker down, it'll keep me safe uh-huh. because it
1: does the opposite. i
0: right. you do bondage. Right, right. And that's what we're seeing and that's what we're experiencing as we've been playing this out, mm-hmm. living this out. And, you know, in the past year or so, getting into those rhythms of confession, getting into that place where we have trusted relationship and we're
1: willing to say, I'm not okay And I would say that it doesn't just happen, that it takes intentionality and work to have those relationships. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't just feel easy to confess. Mm -mm. It's almost like everything in you is like, don't say it. Don't even say it. And that's when I know I'm like, you have to. (laughs) Right. So sometimes I think
0: as we get to know people, we can kind of notice their behavior Mm -hmm. that will tip us off to say what's going on. Yeah, You know, like we mm-hmm. can, we can start to see that in others. Um, and so we were able to call that out. And other times it just takes us being real raw and being able to say, Hey guys, I'm, I'm not okay. And I've right. been putting on a really good face and me, you might not know it, but things aren't right here. And then Bringing it into the light, sharing it, and getting vulnerable—this is scary stuff. Mm-hmm. But if we want to build resilience, I'm—I'm I'm now at you know, as we process this to the place where I'm recognizing, yes, this is our starting place because without this, we are—if we are not vulnerable intentionally, we are vulnerable to attack. Right.
1: Yes. So good.
0: And and we we set ourselves up for to be vulnerable
1: to fail and to fall and to not battle well. So I think it's important to find those people, Mm -hmm. but also it's important to be that person (laughs) for somebody else. Um, and I think that we need to be a safe space that doesn't leave for our people as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that also takes work and intentionality. Yeah, but that's how we do life well. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, this is good. I We were just saying before we came in here that sometimes we feel like our chats are co-counseling. So you just <laughs> sat in on this and we just processed a whole bunch of stuff together. Hopefully it helps you unpack that. But um, we always encourage you to get into conversation with somebody else. Don't just listen to this podcast and move on with your day. Find someone else, encourage them to listen to it and then sit down and talk. And that's why we provide you those questions every week is because um, we. it's always better when we unpack stuff together yeah. and when we don't just hear something, but we process it yep. and we, we get into those conversations. So we encourage you to use those questions that we're providing. Talk to somebody else. If you're not doing with a life group, find a friend and talk about this. Get into the conversation like what we're showing you here. This is just modeling it for you. Look at those questions and talk about it with somebody else and As always, keep Keep looking looking above. above.